Welcome to episode 20 of Balancing Chaos with Kelly and Gretchen. And Kelly is losing her mind over here because now she has headphones and she's having a hard time keeping a straight face wearing headphones. She always can't keep a straight face watching me with headphones, (laughs) but now she's wearing them and she's going a little nuts. Well, you can really hear yourself quite well with these. We should always walk around with the headphones on like this and hear our thoughts, right? That's right. Um, So what we're going to talk about today is basically the everyday sexism that happens around us and different things. And this was actually suggested by a listener who brought it up because she works at a place where she went into a building that is focused on a male profession. And she realized that all of the mirrors, and she's not short, but all of the mirrors were uh, like forehead and up and she couldn't see her face in the mirrors because they assumed that anyone in the building would be a man so she couldn't see so she was like there's so many little things like that that we run into and so we want to talk about a couple of those so and Kelly was sort of like I don't know if I run into any of those but you're wearing a dress right now mm-hmm. does your dress have pockets mm-hmm. are they pockets you can use no <laughs> <laughs> They're just like decorative flaps, right? Yes. Well, you could put like, if you smoked, you could put a cigarette in there. I don't even know if you could. It's like a tiny little flap. So that's one of the things that you run into is pockets. And there's this great cartoon that goes around that's like, ask anyone if a woman's wearing a dress with pockets, she will tell you. So if you say like, oh, nice dress. Have you ever done that and been like, yeah, it has pockets too. Yes. Have you run into that? Have you said it or have you heard it? I've heard it and done it and said it. I love, I, in the summer, I live in skirts and skorts, and if it doesn't have a pocket, I feel like my hands have been cut off. I need to have a pocket to stash my phone, stash my keys, stash my wallet. So why there aren't more pockets in dresses? Because it makes you look fat. Is that why? Yeah. I'm already fat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't like the word fat, but that's the quote, if there's pockets so why is it okay for men to have pockets but even like like suits a lot of women's suits don't have pockets mine do do they yeah that you can use yeah that aren't just the little slits yeah all my all my suit pants have pockets well that's good i have a blazer that i have um for working events that is my suit has to have pockets because like when i took pictures i had to keep backup batteries and all of that and it's the number one feature i look for in a blazer for events because i need to be able to put my stuff in there, put the walkie-talkie, put the, all the various things, and if it doesn't have a pocket, and so you'll, I'll sometimes I'll pick up one that, look, oh, this looks like it's good, and it's one of those little stupid fake slit pockets. So I guess it's trying to make me look fat and not be useful. Right. So you're, so the sexism is that the assumption is that women don't need pockets because they have a purse. Right. Okay, I get, I, I'm seeing Do it. you carry a purse? No. I don't carry a purse either. <laughs> See, I don't. I, I don't I, pay attention to some of these sexist things. This is why I think this is going to be highly educational for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband and I live in uh, reverse roles for so long. Well, we actually talked about this because we talked about when we, I was talking about how when my girls were babies, I never carried a diaper bag. Right. And I was kind of, my thing was I breastfed. So it was like as long as I had my boobs with me, they would eat. And if I really needed a diaper... Probably I would be around someone else who had one and I could borrow one. And I usually kept like a diaper in the car as backup. And 
it always worked fine. Like I never ran into a problem. And I see these people who would lug their babies into the well visits with the baby in the bucket car seat and a backpack filled with I don't even know what. And they are going in for a weight check. So I'd see them go in and leave while I was waiting for my kid's appointment. Be like, you could have left half that shit in the car. Just come in, weigh them and leave. And the our, the doctor doctor's offices um, stock diapers. So I would always plan on getting a diaper from them because, hey, I'm paying for this visit, so I'm going to get a free diaper thrown in at the end and be like, okay, I'm going to need a size four. Thank you. Snap, snap. Off we went. But then we talked about it and because James was your primary caregiver for the day, he didn't have boobs that worked. Right. So he did need a diaper bag. Yes. Also, I'm going to highlight a little uh, ism that you just <laughs> said right there. Oh, which one? With the doctor's office. Okay. It's actually called the provider's office because there are many nurse practitioners who work in those offices. And physician assistants. So the correct term is a provider or a med, a primary care office, a pediatri- pediatrics office. A pediatrics office, provider's yeah. office. Yeah. What is the gender of most nurse practitioners? Females, but males in nursing are is on the rise. Do they like I always I still will hear people be like, oh, he's a male nurse. And I'm like, yeah, you don't call me a female teacher. Why would you say male nurse? Oh, yeah, that's <clears throat> it's a very weird thing when nursing is a fairly lucrative career at this point in the game well we're seeing a lot uh higher admissions especially in second degree programs accelerated baccalaureate programs where people have another bachelor's degree in something else and they go back and they can accelerate through a bachelor's degree in 12 to 18 months the percentage of men males in those sometimes it can be in some cohorts it can be as high as 50 percent i had a when i had my daughter I work at a school with a nursing program and my second, my first, I wasn't working there when I had Ingrid, but when I had Willa, I was. And so I was their demo patient. So I would go up for the nursing classes for the maternal childbirth nursing classes and they would listen to the heartbeat and they would do like an exam. And I took a student with me to every appointment. And the funniest one was that when I actually delivered, they were super excited because I happened to deliver on their clinical days. So I had students in the delivery room with me. You let students come in the delivery room with you? I haven't even finished the story yet. Yeah, I totally did. I am proud of you. It gets better. So, and then for the postpartum care, which is just a friggin' horror show, I had a, they said, now we have one male student and no one will let him see the postpartum side. And I was like, no. And my thing is always, I always let the students in. Like, even if it's not my students, I let students into all my exams because I'm like, I'm a teacher. How else are you going to learn? Learn on me. Come on in. So I said, no, I'm a teacher. Teacher first. Sure. He can come learn on me. When am I ever going to see him again? It's totally fine. So he came in. He like felt to make sure that my uterus was shrinking and did all that. And I was like, great. You know, and he was like, thank you so much because no one would let him in. Yeah. So fast forward three years and I'm at a conference with a girl from work who I become have become really good friends with. And we're hanging out and we're ha- getting along great. And she's like, oh, I'm going to Skype my family. And I was like, oh, great. So she Skypes her family. And I look over her shoulder and I'm like, did your husband go to my school? <laughs> she said, yeah. And I was like, was he in the nursing program? <laughs> and she said, yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's seen my junk. <laughs> <laughs> totally ended up being my friend's husband. Oh my so here I was like three years before, like, I'm never going to see you again. You need to learn. Check it all out. It's wide awake nightmare. Enjoy. And then I ended up and then I would see him at other like school events and stuff like, oh, hey, what's up? But it was uh, whatever. Haven't you, you learned, learned about this community? You can't get away from anybody. 
I know, but I just, it never crossed my mind that there would be that connection, I guess. Whatever. He had kids already, so he'd, like, like they had, their kids were the same age as ours, so it wasn't like childbirth was a new experience for him. He just needed to have the clinical experience on the clinical side. So, yeah, so I actually, I said I should have uh, not had to take my sick leave until after I got home because I was still teaching yeah. those days in the hospital. But it was super fun. I was so bad about having students when I was giving birth <clears throat> to my first child. Really? Oh, yeah, because I had an emergency. C- after 36 hours of labor with no pain medication, <laughs> I was planning a birth at a birthing center. And I when I went, when I was admitted, when I showed up at the birthing center, they checked me my cervix and I had meconium so they transferred me to the hospital and then I went on seven hours of Pitocin and after three people checked me the third one I begged finally begged for the epidural I said forget it I'm not gonna be a hero I'm just give me the epidural just give it to me I'm I'm gonna die if you don't so they said okay so they'll go to check they said well we think you're almost dilated but you I think you could handle it and I said all right so they check me and um I looked at the the midwife and I said, the head's not down, is it? And she goes, no. I was so mad. I was so mad because having a C-section was my biggest fear. So anyway, they wheeled me into the OR rapidly. And I told the surgeon when she came in to do the paperwork, I said, I do not want any students, no medical students, no residents. That We're doing all business. We're You're probably at a teaching hospital. Yeah, too, I was at the doctors. Harvard, Harvard uh, teaching hospital. And so she said that they wouldn't be, but I know they were in there. I don't know if they touched me or not. But anyway, I I was okay and I survived it. But the second time around, I was much better. With, with the nursing students, I'm fine. But I don't want someone cutting me who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Into my organs. That's where I'm drawing the I You know, even as a teacher, I'm drawing the line there. You can't cut me. <laughs> no. You're not, you're not cutting into me. So, speak, so speaking of doctors, this is another one that came up in this conversation with one of my friends. And that when you get hooded for a graduate degree, the way the hood is supposed to work is that there's a loop. Yeah. You know this? Yeah. To hook on I your hook top, it to my bra. To hook on your top button. Yeah. Because if you are getting a graduate degree, you must be a man. And if you're a man, you're wearing a shirt. And if you're wearing a shirt, it has a button. <laughs> so there's always this finagling to figure out how to get the graduate hood to hook so and you wear one all not all the time like walking around but regularly you have to wear yours so you hook it to your bra yeah Hmm. that's a that's an idea that we could patent yeah let's create a new one I, i actually didn't even know that's why again this is my oblivious this is how oblivious i am to sexism i didn't even realize that that was the intention of that button i thought the button was annoying Oh, it's not a button. It's a loop. Like a loop to hook yeah. on a button. Yeah. It's a loop. And it always gets twisted. I didn't realize it was because it was supposed to go on a male shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Let's, let's change let's that. Let's whip out your sewing machine and <laughs> let's make some money. Exactly. Those things are expensive. Oh, yeah. So that was one of them. So and then another one we were we had talked about was the tampon tax. Mm. Are you familiar with that one? No. So that is in most states. When you buy feminine hygiene supplies, you have to pay sales tax. And do you even think about that? I have a diva cup. But you paid sales tax for it. I never thought about it. But you're educating me and I'm feeling very so it's, enlightened. So right there's now. so there's a movement to make those non taxed because it's a tax that is exclusionary that only one gender 
is is impacted by it. One sex is impacted by it. Huh. So there's so so there there's movements. So like if you look it up, there'll be you'll see there's uh, Chicago is working on getting rid of it, and Minnesota I think has gotten rid of it, so that they are non-taxed, and it's sort of like a necessity of life. Like a lot of t- food isn't taxed because it's a necessity of life. So they're that is so odd tax. that that's taxed, right? Yeah, which then gets into the the one that co- regularly infuriates me, which is when a company can refuse to cover birth control, but they don't have a problem covering Viagra. Yeah, which is the opposite of birth control. Yeah, that's that's problematic as well. There's so Hobby Lobby is a store that I do not go to. And Kelly always makes fun of me about my retail convictions. But Hobby Lobby fought the Supreme Court to say, no, we're a Christian company and we don't want to pay for birth control because birth control murders babies is their general gist. However, they're totally their plan still covers Viagra and still covers vasectomies. Interesting. So wait, this has been this is proof. You have evidence of that. <laughs> I have evidence of it. I'll put it in my bibliography. I'll <laughs> give it to you at the end of the show. That is wild. And so they still cover those things. So there was this great article that went around, and I don't know if you read it, but it was called. So wait, they believe in contraception <clears throat> if the male has a vasectomy. I guess because it still would be considered a form of contraception, right? You would think. I'd like to see their plan. But that's one of the reasons why I don't go to Hobby Lobby is because they spent a lot of money. And one of the, you know, the church that really fights against all these things. Do you know what church it is? No. You love this. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's the uh, the Church of Satan. There's a Church of Satan. Yes. And how do and, you know these things, Gretchen? I'm a member. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because I know these things because they're important to me. So, but the but the the Church of Satan is really kind of more of a political organization at this point, and that they go in and they say. I, they'll say, oh, well, you need to have counseling before an abortion. To, and you need to see the beating heart and you need to do all this stuff. But they do give them counseling before an abortion. But they, but there are states that have like serious extreme counseling, oh. air quotes. And the Church of Satan has said it is against our religion to view an ultrasound before, ha- before having an abortion. And so it's against our religion. So we don't need, we can opt out of this because it's against our religion to do this. Because the idea is that if you say, if you allow one religion to get all these laws passed in the name of God, then con- if you're supporting this as a freedom of religion choice, then conversely, the Church of Satan gets to okay, I see. reflect it the other way. So, is, so, so, is the, so this isn't really a church. I mean, maybe they have potlucks or something. I don't know. But it's really they work as a political organization to, to, to be the counterpoint of freedom of religion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just blew Kelly's mind. <laughs> this is too much for a late afternoon. <laughs> You're not a member, right? How do you know? <laughs> no, I'm not a member. That's I'm just like a member of for me. PTOs and stuff. But I appreciate what they do as a political organization. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate their efforts. Okay, I... I that's a good point. I am a member of the ACLU, but that is not satanic. That's okay. just civil liberties. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so anyway, so 
so there's that. But then there's this. There was this great article that a lot of people shared a couple a week or so ago from the week, and it was called "The Female Price of Male Pleasure." Did you read that one? No, because it was on a lot of different things. And this one, the woman went through and talked about how basically she talks starts talking about the Aziz and Sari case, but then talks about how the default is always that sex is for men's pleasure and women are are expected to not enjoy it and how but the research so this is where you would like this so she went through and she was like you know the research on pain for women who are having sex is like 11 studies i'm looking i'm scrolling down to find the number whereas there have been for erectile dysfunction there have been i lost my place so i'm trying to find the number um 19 okay so in PubMed the clinical trials studying women's sexual problems are 393 and for erectile dysfunction it's 1954 so how the idea of and when they when they poll men bad sex is like oh it wasn't very good it wasn't super hot kind of lame she was ugly and when they poll women it's like it fucking hurt and I hated it and I felt terrible after and all like all these things so they are talking about how it's totally perceived totally differently but then we got to improve the men's side we better do all this research and make sure that they're still having a good time but the research isn't there for women which but, I thought was interesting I think I'd blame women for that why because researchers typically drive their research so it seems like there's not as much as many women interested in studying sexual displeasure as there are is men study, studying. But why is that? And But when they look at what they're... So there was another one Maybe that they talked th- about... think there's more important things to study. <clears throat> well, but why is that? Like, you're, like it mm-hmm. kind of goes into a rabbit hole. Like, they did a study and they said... Um, they did a... ABC News uh, did an, a sex survey in 2004 and they never mention pain for women in sex. Like, why... Why didn't you have an orgasm? Like, I wasn't in the mood. Too young, too inexperienced. I didn't know what I was doing. But it never says, like, it fucking hurt. So it is really, you should read the whole article for the context. Because I'm really giving you, like, the highlights. But. I get it. But I actually think this is a high five to women. Why is that? Because we have better things to study than sex. It kind of shows that (laughs) men are a little superficial. Right, but more so, men are but again, in studying sex than real world problems. And like when they study sex, it's like about and erectile dysfunction, education. So it's not even, you know, pain or issues. It's like, uh, can't get it up. Why can't I get it up? I well, if you can't get it up, then you kind of can't perform. <laughs> right. So they so they do two thousand studies to try to figure it out. Well, meanwhile, maybe they're just assholes. <laughs> Anyway, so that wasn't interesting. That's another one too. So what are so so now that you have that lens, I want you to think about places where you've like sort of run into things and what I know people who have um, who decided to walk down the street and not step aside for men, hmm. and men would run into them because the default is that a woman will step aside for you. Hmm. I've never experienced that. So <clears throat> I'll say that I work in a female-dominated profession. My husband was a stay-at-home dad for five years. So we have a lot of the reverse sexism. Right. Like, he um, went... When he'd go to the provider appointments with our children, 
if I ever okay he he does 90% of all the health care in our family and anytime I happened to come to an appointment they would only look at me they wouldn't even acknowledge him that he was in the room but yet he they would ask me the question and then I'd turn and ask him and they still <laughs> wouldn't get the point it, it could it just blew their mind completely so we would run into that sort of issue all the time even even now um the teacher at our son our younger son's school said oh your mom always makes you the best lunches which is somewhat true but james also makes the lunches right it's it, she just the assumption is that i do all these things but the only time that i really ever experienced sexism and it i again i think it's tough because i'm in a female dominated profession in every place i've worked even the person all the way at the top the ceo or or the president of the university has has have been women mm-hmm. so i don't have a lot of good examples or exposure in the workplace to it but the one time I will say is when I was um when I had uh, Maxwell because actually believe it or not when even when I had Cameron I was a doctoral student and I told my advisor I was pregnant and I didn't want to drop out of school and she was very supportive and she came up with a plan to help me work through the whole thing everyone was super supportive it was like a non-issue at all they said bring bring him to class Whatever you need to do. It was nothing. Right. But when I had Maxwell, I was working um, at a different university and um, I got a lot of criticism because I didn't, I wasn't going to take the whole semester off. So I was going to just take the 12 weeks, even though a whole month was going to still be unpaid. Right. Um, my supervisor, my, the, the people that I reported to the, through the dean's office, they, they kept saying, well, don't you want that time with your baby? And I said, well, I am the only person in my family who works. I can't just take four months off unpaid. And then I went to present at a conference when he was uh, three months old. And I got so many comments about that, negative comments about how could you possibly leave him and stuff that I just don't, I know men wouldn't get that same. Oh, no, there's an awesome chart that just came out that showed the impact on having children on women's income and the impact on having children with men's income. And it is mind blowing. Oh, and the the best one, which I actually was infuriated about I won't even throw the major organization the foundation under the bus <laughs> but I recently applied for a um, fellowship and I didn't get it <clears throat> and um, you can you can get an interview I mean they'll do the, these like, feedback phone conversations so when I called to schedule mine um, I the woman said the grants administrator said, oh, well, you should reapply next year. And I said, well, I don't think I'm eligible anymore because you have to be a certain year, many number of years past your PhD. And I'm actually coming up on five years um, from since the time I earned my PhD. And she said, oh, that's okay. We can give you a waiver because, you know, women, they have a lot and many more barriers than men do. You know, you, if you have children or you have to go, you often have to go out and leave and you slow down and you're, it takes much longer for a woman, a woman to, get to tenure than a man and I was so mad because I don't think my kids have slowed me down and I mean they probably have I mean imagine how productive I could have been if I didn't have babies but But I've been super productive I've never let it I've never once used it as an excuse you've also been in the situation though where you do have a primary caregiver at home exactly which helps yeah absolutely so when it's like I totally agree so so I'd imagine her lens is probably also coming from a two-body situation where the husband is the one who cruises through on his tenure track 
on time and right. then and they and and they do have um I know people who've been on the tenure track who do get to pause the clock yeah, for you maternity can. leave and all you, of that. Most places you can pause your clock. I never did, but you can. Yeah. You, you can pause. I mean, I, I did. I switched universities, which extend your tenure mm-hmm. because universities don't like right. to accept certain amount of times towards tenure. But um, but you can pause it. I mean, it, so anyway, I don't feel like it's I've never had any egregious, but I know they exist. I'm not saying that. I was wondering if the bias is in there is not necessarily like the other bias to consider is is that bias of the two working parent household versus the one parent working household. Mm -hmm. Mm. Right. Yeah. I know that when my girls were little, Dave always did the daycare drop off. And so I would leave and 99 percent of the time they would be in jammies eating breakfast or whatever. I'd be like, okay, bye. See you. And I would go to pick them up at the end of the day and I'd meet the early shift people coming out of the out of the preschool oh i just love her outfit today oh my god it is adorable and i'm like oh can't wait to see it <laughs> they're like what do you mean i'm like i don't dress her like i i eat my breakfast give him a kiss and leave and then dave gets him ready so it and it was always a thing with us that we would my thing was pretend i'm dead so i'm not going to lay out the clothes i'm not going to give you a schedule i'm not going to tell you what you need I'm going to let you... And that was how we started. I read this great article when I first had Ingrid call on Time Magazine about gatekeepers and how mothers can be gatekeepers in that they say, well, I want you to, you know, take take her to do this, but make sure you have the bag. Make sure you have this. Make sure you do this. Don't forget to do that. You should make sure you do this. And I was kind of like, like, there are some things that he does that drive me crazy, but I'm like, it's like loading the dishwasher. He loaded the dishwasher. He did it wrong. But he did it. So I'm not going to tell him he did it wrong because I don't want him to stop doing it. Well, I got great advice. So and it's the same thing with kids. Like, OK, so you're going to take them to do this thing, which and it's like it's nothing bad. It's just different than what I would do. And I have to be like, OK, they're getting two different experiences and they're going to get different experiences from each parent. And it's all done with love and care and attention. And it's all good. And he doesn't flinch when I go away for a conference. Like, yeah, OK. It's not like, oh. What's the schedule? What am I supposed to do? He's not like they they don't babysit. Right. Dads don't babysit. Completely agree. <clears throat> yeah, we um What was I? Oh, I just had a good point about that. Oh, my husband's mother, actually my mother-in-law gave me great advice, the same exact advice basically when we were first dating because James is very particular. <laughs> to say the least. Anyone who knows him knows this is absolutely true so he is and he's situationally particular and one of the one of the areas is the laundry i don't know if you i've showed you his folding before i don't think i've seen his folding oh it looks like it's straight out of i mean it's it's i can't even say a department store because they don't even fold that nice that as nice as he does anymore (laughs) i mean the, the every shirt will line up perfectly it's unbelievable. So, oh, you showed me the drawers when you yeah. did Pomeray. I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so you could see all the colors. So anyway, he would complain about the way I did the laundry or I didn't put the right color in or I didn't put it on the right setting. And then, of course, I didn't fold the clothes the correct way. So I was telling his mom this and she goes, oh, well, let him do it then. Yeah. If he has complaints, just tell him to do it. So I said, huh. So I took that advice and ran. So I don't do the laundry. I don't make the bed. There's a lot that I don't do. In fact, last night I was talking about how I love a clean house, but I hate to clean. And she <laughs> said, huh, I couldn't notice. Because <laughs> I really do. 
he really does so much but he's he he's particular and i don't get in his way and he doesn't get in my way about the things i'm particular about and just works that way but that's like the that's like the the stuff that just perpetuates so you know or and when kids are little i think i think it's a lot when you're talking about kids and sexism it's a lot more accepted still for girls to do whatever but boys are still sort of i think held back a little bit on what they can do so like what like um like things are traditionally female so cooking you know like i i've had i've had friends and not our friend across the street but i've had other friends whose kids are into cooking and wanted a, a play kitchen and their fathers are like no no we're not gonna play kitchen for this kid when it's like have you watched the food network it's all men yeah men you know if even like they should be interested in cooking or sewing like oh sewing is really more for girls and and not just what other people say but what marketers say when you look at the sewing machines like here's a sewing machine and it is so pink mm-hmm. and it's like you know why does it have to be pink mm-hmm. make it orange make it whatever it doesn't have to be frilly and girly there are kids sewing is and you have sewing is welding with fabric Oh, your husband sews. It, I think it's really again. I think the sexism thing is tough for me because my husband sews. <laughs> he sews beautiful. Yeah, quilts. he makes our curtains. He designs them. He picks out the fabric. He t- Cameron, he and Cameron and Maxwell both sew. Yeah, um, they cook. I mean, I don't all. And then my, they go play hockey and they get to yeah, experience all of it. So all, in your house, you don't see that a lot. No. But I think that there are other houses that are. All of my closest <clears throat> friends. Their husbands are the primary co- uh, meal preparers and chefs of the house. Not me. I Not think I, do, I don't know if things are ch- improving or it's just the peop- the social contagion of the people I surround myself with. They the husband, you know, the, the couple is more of a partnership than it used to be historically. Because I know in my family, my mom always did all the cooking and. We're def- I mean, we're definitely a partnership, yeah. but I def- I do most of the cooking. But like last night, I made dinner and then Dave did all the dishes afterwards and the kids cleaned off the table and, you know, we just have our own balance there. The, um, the, on, like on the cooking stuff, I actually, I was, uh, had Dave go through the Budget Bite site that you had posted about, which I've heard about a million times. And I texted kind of like, oh my God, you're in my head because she posted on her Facebook page about Budget Bites and plan to eat. So I was like, look go through this site and pick out some meals and I'll add them and I'll play with them. And everything he picked was some version of tacos. (laughs) He loves tacos? (laughs) He loves tacos and he's allergic to jalapeno peppers, which is like double annoying. Isn't that stupid? So I'm like, okay, can you find something other than tacos? And he was like, no, burritos. (laughs) (laughs) He likes Mexican. He loves Mexican food. But, you know, I'm the one who, who does, manages the meals and the meal planning and the food and all of that. Me too, but I'm so... But, he, but that's, Again, that's a thing I'm particular about. But so. I need to be clear, like, for dinner, because in the mornings, he makes all of our lunches. We all kind of do our own thing for breakfast. We don't do, like, a family breakfast because we're all going in different directions. But he makes um, he makes salads for himself and me. And half the time, Ingrid makes her own lunch, and the other half, he makes her lunch. And then sometimes, if Willa doesn't want school lunch, he'll make her lunch. So he do- always... He handles lunches. I just grab the tub off the counter and throw it in my bag and go and that's my lunch so he does that part but i'm the one responsible for dinners so you don't think sexism is getting better 
does it have to come back to the politics of the era? Because I really feel like right now, I think it would be. Well, I, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a really bad question right I mean, now. But I mean, ignoring that. I think I think it is. I think it is getting better in that I'm hopeful. I mean, one of the things, too, is that so your kids are growing up seeing not seeing as strong a gender divide. Right. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's a complete opposite of what right. society, you know, the societal norm. And my kids are and my kids, you know, know their father as a caregiver and not just, you know, like the old 50s trope of the guy who comes home and kicks off his shoes and puts his feet up and asks him to bring me dinner, bring me a beer. A beer. Yeah, exactly. Cameron will say when he grows up, he wants to be a dad. Oh, And I think it's so sweet. And the other, and I'll I'll say one thing that I'm really irritated about is I went to this, Valentine's Day is my favorite holiday ever. (laughs) And I just love, you know, I love pink. Yes. I think it's fun. It's about love. It's just lovely. So I went to try to get the boys a shirt like a Valentine's Day shirt to wear to school. Nothing. Not even a red, pink glimmer of anything. But let me tell you, four straight rows of girl heart, fluffy dresses, cute shirts. And I'm the one that walks by and goes, Right, no. yeah. <laughs> and I am so annoyed about it. And even Cameron last night asked if he could get Valentine's Day pajamas. And I said, Cameron, I tried. Actually, I did try. And there aren't. There's none. There's not. There's none to exist. Yeah, it's annoying to me. The um, it's well, it is one of those things. Is that and it's always like the boys' clothes are always like dinosaurs and skulls and sports. It, or yeah, just horrible. I, I mean, c- boys can dress cute. Yeah, I know. That's. I mean, that's that's the next. I when you look at, I don't know how how it'd be for you, but when I look at class pictures of my elementary school, I am always struck by in the group photo the clothes are much more gender neutral like we're all in blue plaid or you know and now when you look at the class a group it's like the girls have to be in pink or else they're not a girl and they have to be in boys have to be in monster trucks and all of that i mean one of the girls one of willa's favorite pajamas were these motorcycle pajamas that were a hand-me-down and she loved those pajamas and then she ended up getting we actually it was like Dave's motorbike shop or something it was called so she ended up getting that she loved motorcycle shirts and but it's a lot easier to put your daughter in those things than it is for for parents of boys to be accepted when they put their boys and things that would be deemed too girly mm. which is not which I think has to change and I think that there should be more equity across that and should be like I or do your kids ever paint their fingernails oh yeah yeah. So, like, you're good with that? There are some people that will be like, mm-mm, no. I'm sure I'm getting judged by people, but yeah. I don't worry about it. But they it's think like, it's so fun. They love it. I, I recently just did it for them, and I did them all in rainbow colors. Aw. They thought it was so cool. And it's cool. It's like, you know, but those are, you know, they, they, they people who would flinch at that, but then have no problem when a guy goes out and gets a full sleeve of a naked lady tattoo. Like, that's totally manly, but fingernail polish is not i will say that at both of my kids preschools the big brand is primary have you have you you'd probably like it primary.com i've seen it advertised but my kids are too big for it like i would have loved it yeah when my kids were little see i'm not seeing it as bad as you're describing it but i also have boys who so i might not be as aware aware 
you also have boys and you're also just getting into the public schools. Yeah. So you start to see it more. I remember, I remember being, you know, or I remember looking at toys and they would be like the, you know, like the stacking rings, the rainbow stacking rings for toddlers. Yeah. And they had the rainbow ones that you know that you're picturing in your head right now. But right next to it, they had ones that were 10 different shades of pink, like the girl ones. And the girl ones, if you look, are always like a dollar more. Why don't you just go ahead and say where you're headed? What? Speaking of very girly things. What are you talking about? With Willa. <laughs> today? Yeah. Oh, well, today I am, I, I was saying I'm in this conundrum because my older daughter is very civic minded and politically active and her student council and the student council is catering or doing the concessions or whatever for a cheering competition so to support one daughter's civic mindedness I have to take the other daughter to the cheering competition which she's going to go and it's like a middle school B league like it's not a serious I mean it is very serious for those very kids. serious yes. yes but it's you know and so now so I have to take the other one to this cheering competition which is just like ugh. Sh- oh so Willa doesn't want to go to the cheering competition no she does she oh, can't okay. wait it got okay, cancelled okay. for snow like last week and she was devastated and so is her reschedule tonight and then actually tonight there was this other event that I got invited to after I had committed to this and so I was thinking about going and Dave was going to take the girls and I was like no I'll just do it I'll just tear off that band-aid and I'll go but you know what I have a little confession. What? You know I was a cheerleader. Yes. I was also president of the student council. <laughs> you can merge both those worlds. They can, no, they can work together. It's no big deal. The um the other, so, and then they had their, so the other one too is. That was middle school. This sort of ties into this. So like we had the Valentine dance this weekend where Kelly came over and awesomely did like the most amazing braids which by the way uh Ingrid did not come out until last night she wore them oh, for three days wore them to sweet. school she loved I'm, them I'm glad they stayed in because her hair is very and silky. she was like you need to learn how to do this mom you should watch those <laughs> tutorials and I'm just like whatever but Kelly came over and did the most awesome hairstyles for my girls but the so our town has the valentine dance which up until like it's they changed the name on the event. The ticket said father-daughter dance, and they changed it when the event's to Valentine. Oh, and there is a lot of debate about the idea of a father-daughter dance versus a more inclusive dance. So do you have any? Yeah, I I, I think we've talked about this before, but I do think it should be an inclusive dance. I mean, totally. I even just in the neighborhood with my son, sorry, that was a bad sentence, but in my son's class, I know of one of the students who doesn't have a father present yep who did go to the dance but it wasn't a father so right. i do think there are so many of those scenarios that is not I'm and, and, and the other way too yet. the mother i mean there could be single fathers raising um daughters because i think there's a mother-son dance too isn't there right when's that may around mother's day oh i'll be going to that i wonder so so there's a push in town to change it to be more inclusive that so that I mean I, th- I have you know friends who have two moms and they have a daughter right so what what happens what dance do they get to go to right exactly yeah. so I think that it is good to to make that but there's so much so much so many people that complain because it's never been like that find someone else to take your kid do whatever and I know people who actually have purposely not gone to the dance in our town as a protest so so I've said well my 
my girls are going to go. This isn't a protest. And we're not going to protest it, but we would totally support it being more In- inclusive. Inclusive, yeah. I, I mean, it still can have the same concept, but... You think it should be like, should the Valentine dance include mothers and sons and fathers and daughters, or should there still be two dances? What would you... Here's the thing. It's when I was thinking about it when I was driving over here to do their hair, and I thought, this is this is kind of cute. Dave's going to the father-daughter dance with the girls. And then I thought a little bit more about if I were Dave going to the dance, what am I actually going to be doing? Oh, you sit at the table with uh, with other dads right. that you know while exactly. the girls are around with their friends. So I walk through the door, I start talking to the girls, and I <laughs> ask them, so what do you do at the father-daughter dance? Play with our friends. So I think the concept of be- of taking your child out exclusively like if you if you're a father and you have daughters giving them you know just it being special and about them or a mother with their sons being special i think that's a great concept but the actual reality is that they play with their friends and the dads talk to the dads so what what's the big deal of just having it be a family valentine's dance i wonder if there's any value in it being ignoring the parent that brings them but in having it be a place where it's all girls mm. and a place where it's all boys i see maybe I don't know. But seriously, if we made it a family dance, it would be awesome because then I could come over and do your hair too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not. I, I would be you don't like, want yeah. braids? I wouldn't go to it. Like, I wouldn't go to the family dance because the other thing is that I think the other. So you'd have an inclusive dance, but you wouldn't even go? No. Wow, Gretchen. Well, because, because I would, the. I mean, I think it should be inclusive, but I also don't want it to be the thing that. You take them to that dance because you're the mom and you take them to every kid activity. Yeah, but why couldn't it be that the whole family goes? No, it could be. And and that's not my family that would say that. But I can see there being other families that'd be like, I'm not going to put on my suit and tie and go to this stupid dance. <laughs> so it ends up becoming like another activity where it's a bunch of moms sitting around hanging so out. So let me get this straight. You're going to boycott the family dance because of the families out there that would say... That the, because of the fathers out there or the men out there that would say to the woman, I'm not going. You're, bo- you're boycotting it in the name of that. I'm boycotting it in the name of this is an activity that I do not need to manage. Okay. So you're just choosing not to go. Choosing. I'm so not boycotting it. Regardless of what just, they do to the Valentine dance, you're never going. No, I wouldn't go because it's like it's been there. And it plus it, for my kids, it's been their tradition all along. Um and you know my husband grew up without a father so anytime there's any kind of father blank father daughter anything fathers we he goes because he can and he is there so I think that that drives that decision too but I also just you know like I like today I'm I'm the one who manages the after school activities I'm the one who like shuttles him around and it's fine and if I needed Dave too he would and it would be fine but I just I would stand back just to kind of be like that gatekeeper thing like nope this is going to be your night. This is an activity for you to do with them. And I'm going to hang back. Okay, I have an alternative viewpoint. Not on okay. your specific issue, but on this whole concept of the dance being inclusive and who should go and who shouldn't. Couldn't fathers just do something special with their daughters and get dressed up and not be an organized event? But then all their friends wouldn't be there. Right, that's kind of my point. They're not going to hang out with their father anyway. Well, and, and you know... And Dave takes her girls out all the time to do stuff. No with offense, them. Dave. I'm sorry. If he, when he yeah. listens, he's going to be so offended. <laughs> well, he's the only father. Like, in in our conversation, he's the one that's the father of daughters because 
you have sons right. and all of that. So, I mean, he takes him out and he'll, uh, Saturday when I just was like exhausted, he packed him up and they went out to the movies and they went to lunch and they went to the flea market and went all over town, had a great time. Like it's not, and I think, but part of it, I think it goes way, way, way back to not being the gatekeeper of that information. So I'm, I'm not, it wouldn't impact my family, but I can see other families that would just end up defaulting that, well, there's a game on. Mom's going to take the kids to the family dance because I got stuff to do. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like the, in this town, the peer pressure to take your kid to the dance as a father is pretty, is there, you know? But I don't want to leave other people out. Flooded with father, daughter, which was so cute. I know. Actually, it was so fun. I'm glad I got to do their hair. Yeah, it was awesome. And next year's, like, next year's Inger's last year. So even after that, then she and I are going to do something on that night anyway. Oh, you can only go until seventh grade? Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine with the divide on the father-daughter, but cutting them off. But honestly, I think that, I think it becomes like, I think it's like a natural thing, because Dave no, I'm saying let's get more inclusive, more people can go, and let's not put an age limit on it. Let's really widen it up. So then, it just, so then it would just be moms, no kids, with wine. <laughs> you don't have to have a kid. You don't have to. <laughs> you can bring your emotional support peacock. It's going to be totally fine. Fun. So, 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 I, so I would not, I would still not go. And I think that, I mean, other towns around us have more inclusive dances but I still think even then there is a I think it's heavier on the dad side just because of the this one in our town is just so what's the word legendary I'm sure they're all I'm sure many towns have the historic father daughter dance or no well, but I mean like in our area ours is like the big one oh. and other schools and other towns do them but they're like in the elementary school gym and they're just a little bit less serious less serious like this is a serious event and i do think it should be open to all this is a serious event but i also think that moms should not feel like they have to attend because i feel like moms because it kind of goes back to that same thing of moms feeling like they have to attend everything you know like like why don't you want to take a full semester's leave don't you want to be there whereas this is one time when it's like as as it's been so far i'm like can't be there not allowed you can't even guilt me out about this i'm not allowed to go so i'm not going but whereas then you get that there's so then people are like oh i can't believe you would miss a single moment of your precious sweet angel's life weird huh <laughs> like no not going that's my thought all right <laughs> <laughs> so will you go to the mother son dance yeah yeah of course i'm excited about it And if it became inclusive, would you make James come? Yes, absolutely. There you go. He would love it. (laughs) We would have so much fun. We would dance our faces off. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure you would. Actually, you would. I know you would. I've seen pictures. The um, just so you know, Kelly's family is basically uh, they're all walking exclamation points. (laughs) (laughs) So they would dance their faces off, and they would have a good time. So James is a walking exclamation point too. He's, you definitely are, and Cam definitely is. I haven't gotten a read on Maxwell as much as Cam. Mm, he's chill. James is, well, that video you sent of the football thing, he's yeah. pretty exclamation pointy. <laughs> um, so I would say he is, if not an exclamation point, he's at least like, 
like a like air quotes <laughs> well Cameron's calling them exciting marks Ex- that must be what they're teaching yes. them at school yeah so when you read a book to him <laughs> and there's an exclamation point and you don't ex- you know um you don't follow its rule yes follow the rule he was like no you have to read it again and you have to say <laughs> and we went to the store <laughs> and he is so obsessed with it right now and so there's this one book we have and every sentence is an exclamation point so my throat hurts at the end of everything <laughs> and i love exclamation points i overuse them in writing well, and you and so Kelly is a big fan of Siri, and so half the time Siri will spell out exclamation. So we'll be like, "Did you see what I just saw?" Exclamation, <laughs> and it cracks me up. It's because what happens is I'll say, "I want," I, I should say exclamation point, and Siri will get it. But I get so excited <laughs> that I'll say, "Did you see that exclamation?" And then it will send because I didn't even get the point out. But, right. Oh, I love exclamation points. Yes, I can see why. They're just so energy. And- so one of the so basically, it's just one of those things that you know. And feel free to share on Facebook if you have encountered any of those weird little. Oh, the one of them that I had a weird little everyday sexism thing is that my kids have my last name, and they are Girl Scouts, and I signed them up for Girl Scout camp, and I filled out all the forms and filled out everything, and then at the on the last page, it listed us as. Dave's last name family oh and I was like okay all of the girls in my family are not that last name but it just defaulted however I'm and I'm, and I'm the reason why I mentioned the Girl Scouts specifically is because I tweeted about it, it as kind of like an eye roly like oh because it wasn't like the Girl Scouts were in their back room being like hmm we're gonna be all patriarchal here it's just the way database software is written that it assumes that it would be his last name for yeah. our family and we're weird that's not how it works so I tweeted about it they called me on the phone did no, I tell they, you about this no. I guess I didn't they called me on the wow. phone within like an hour and they're like where did you see this because we work really hard to make sure that doesn't happen and so I was like oh well it was on the last page of the financial account thing and uh and they're like okay and then literally at the end of the day they called me back and said we fixed it can you please check it out and now it said our last name instead of his last name wow which is just and he's used to that your twitter he's, he's run into that because creates just a because, lot of change well because a lot of people don't or he's been assumed to be a stepfather right because he has a different last name than the rest of us i'm like nope there he is their father he is biologically their father he is legally their father there's nothing weird here we're just except for the way that we chose to name our kids we just for our own reasons we passed on my name and not his and but but forms and stuff default to oh well like it doesn't give you an option to to be anything else so and i don't even do like the i don't do the family thing anyway i'll just say like oh love gretchen and dave not you know the shavers or whatever oh okay but but anyway, so that was my, so Girl Scouts was really awesome and really proactive in fixing it and making it. And I really didn't expect it. And I told them, like, look, I know it's not your fault. It's the database so- software that you're using. But that one was pretty interesting. Did you send out a positive tweet? Oh, totally. After that? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. That's, well, I figured you would. I'm, I'm good, Twitter. So what is your favorite thing this week? My favorite thing. Oh, Okay. So last week we talked, sorry, that, it came on, it came on fast, the favorite thing. So last. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. So the, 
last week we talked about food and all of the philosophies I like my food philosophy well I have a similar philosophy for products okay for personal products household cleaning supplies etc but the problem is that when you get the natural deodorant it is terrible (laughs) it either does not a does not work or b it smells horrible so I recently came upon a a natural deodorant they tested it was on the Today Show. I think they tested. I didn't. I didn't watch the show, but I saw the links. They tested five natural deodorants, and it's called Native, mm-hmm. and it's a. It actually works very well. And I ordered it, and I didn't. I hated the idea of ordering it online because you couldn't smell it. Right. But and the smells are kind of odd too. It's like coconut, lavender, eucalyptus, and you know that could go. That can go either way. It can go either way depending <laughs> on how natural this really is so anyway i they came in the mail and i ordered some for james and myself and it worked it's awesome it really does work at the end of the day you should smell me right now you should see i smell good i i put this on at five six o'clock this this morning and i i mean i it works really well it but there it's a little expensive it's ten dollars a bottle but a little so bit what color? What, what color? What uh, I got? Scent did you I get? got unscented because I was very nervous about the scents because mm-hmm. scents bother me. I like I don't I don't use any kind of scent unless it's essential oil because <laughs> it gives me a headache. Yeah, I'm really sensitive to it. Um, so I got unscented. I got coconut and then I got lavender. And James got oh shoot I wish I could remember his but I like the smell of all his too. I bought a three pack, so it was six. I spent sixty dollars on deodorant. <laughs> it was six tubes of, or right. rolls or whatever. But he really likes it too. Well, good. And so it doesn't have any antiperspirant. It doesn't have parabens. It's it's all completely all natural. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'm glad that it worked out for you. <laughs> are you so? Are you gonna? I'll I'll, I'll take a whiff later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. The so mine this week is gonna be my instant pot, and half the reason why I say this is because. <gasps> Ingrid keeps saying, like, have you used your Instant Pot as a favorite thing? Because it's a favorite thing and you use it a lot. You should say your Instant Pot. So this one, shout out to my 11-year-old Instant Pot. So I got an Instant Pot um, two years ago. And we use it probably once a week at this point. And I use it and I love it for, like, one of my favorite things is so stupidly easy. And I'm all about... I'm not my food issues are like oh my god i need to get something on the table so i use frozen meatballs and throw in like a layer of frozen meatballs and then a box of pasta and then a jar of sauce and then a jar of water and i close it up and i put it on five minutes and it cooks and it's all perfectly done with like hot meatballs and that serves us and then gives us enough for leftovers for the next day for lunch and it is and like the the pasta I haven't found it works well with spaghetti, so I've done it with like spirally pasta or shells or something. I did a macaroni and cheese using that, a one pot macaroni and cheese. Or So does it taste like a crock pot or does it actually taste because you know how crock pot gives it it has a funky taste. I actually don't even like anything cooked in a crock pot unless it's a soup. And even that sometimes <clears throat> it I mean it's a s well, I don't I don't know. It's a stainless steel liner, so it's not a ceramic liner. And I honestly, I haven't used my crock pot in two years. I should get rid I kept it because I used to make this thing at Christmas that was nice to keep in the crock pot, but I haven't used I need to get rid of it because I haven't used it. And you can use this as a crock pot if you wanted to. Hmm. Um, another one is to do uh, hard boiled eggs. 
So you put your eggs in and you put a cup of water in and you cook them for uh, five minutes and then you put them in, let them cool in the pot for five minutes and you put them in an ice bath for five minutes and they peel super easy. So if you like hard boiled eggs, you can make a whole batch of those. Did that, we like we did it at Easter to dye eggs. Um, you can do, like there's there's a million different recipes that you can do with it. But those are a couple that I do right away. I'm trying to think of what it was that I did oh i did i did meatballs um like a like a appetizer meatball that is a crock pot recipe i have and it was going to a party and i was going to be going in like an hour so i went to the store and bought a frozen bag of meatballs and the chili sauce and all that and dumped it in and put it on five minutes and it cooked them perfectly and i just took the whole thing over and and cooked it that way so you can you can do soups you can do slow cooker you can make yogurt in it if you wanted to make your own yogurt Ooh. You can do all kinds of different things. So, and it's like, I think they're now like, they have different, you can do rice, you can do whatever, but they have a couple different sizes. Mine is like the six quart size and it's, it's a great, it's big. That's why I need a cabinet to hold it, but it works great. And it is a nice way to get dinner done quickly, even though like the pasta thing, it's not like pasta is hard. Like I could boil the pasta I could heat up the nuke the mic the meatballs I could heat up the sauce but then you're babysitting all three of those things at once whereas this is mm. dump it all in lock it up walk away and go do something else and then dinner is run ready when it beeps well can I just tell you a quick story <clears throat> about that sure so <laughs> you know now that I James and I prep all we don't it's not all our food but we try to prep the lunch and then some snacks for the week just to make the week right easier so the other thing is that I don't I usually search for new recipes every week just because I honestly don't know why I do that but I <laughs> I well, just I like to try thing. yeah I like yeah, to try different stuff. So anyway, part of that problem is that when I search for recipes, I don't I just say, "Ooh, that looks good." And I'll look and see what's in it, but I don't ever read the directions. <laughs> <laughs> so it was I don't know, maybe a month ago now, I had this soup recipe. It, it, but it, it had pasta in it. It's like what you're describing. And so I was cooking. So I was I was getting ready to do that. So I'd cut everything up. And I also was cooking muffins simultaneously. And I was cooking something else. And our neighbor came, stopped by unexpectedly. And I was home alone. And I had, the other thing you'll have to know is my whole, my, I'm not tidy when I cook. <laughs> so it's, my kitchen looks like a bomb went off. I have so many, every pot is going. The oven's going. I've got the laptop set up with the recipe. And I'm trying to figure this out. And he's talking to me. And he's like, wow, what are you doing over here? Are you planning a, some, you having a party? I said, oh, no, we, <laughs> you know, we usually cook during the week. And I am realizing that this is an Instapot. <laughs> I don't have an Instapot. So I'm trying to not, I'm trying to just casually cook. Like I'm a cook, you know, that like I always do this. <laughs> and he's talk, talk, talking to me. And I'm just putting stuff in there, in the pot because I, it, it doesn't tell you how to convert it if it's right. meant for an Instapot. And you, it's very difficult to just cook it on a regular pot on the stove when it's supposed to be Instapot. It came out disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so you need an Instapot. I feel really bad. I, I regret not just say it, just stopping and finding a different recipe with similar ingredients because I wasted basically a whole like you pot. can like you can do squash that you might otherwise roast for but here's an hour. the thing I didn't even for- know what an instapot was at that time I, yeah. I mean I'd never even heard of an instapot but suddenly everyone's talking about instapot where have I been living well are these, these aren't new right they're not new they were one of the they like when I got I got mine two years ago and it was sort of like 
internet cool then, but now they sell them like at Target and at Kohl's, okay. and now they've cut, gotten more mainstream. So I heard about it because I'm a nerd, and then other people heard about it, and so they were like a huge item at Christmas, and I see more yeah, and more people getting them now. about it. Yeah. I had never heard of it. Yeah. I, I just read, even when I was cooking it, until I realized... That an instant. Why did it come out terrible? I would because you know there there are such recipes as one pots. Right. I just thought it was that. Right. So anyway. Well, cool. All right. Well, you can always find us on Facebook at Balancing Chaos, where Kelly's been posting awesome recipes and pictures of all the food she cooks. And I've had other people, my sister texted me a picture that she made one of the recipes that Kelly had shared. And we're posting all kinds of interesting things there. And you can always email us if you have any questions at balancingchaospodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us and feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And until next week, bye. Bye.